Hi, and welcome to the first episode of the 18 Yards podcast with Raihan, Yuvan, Ariman, and myself, Deep. In this podcast, we'll be rather reluctantly putting our biases aside and previewing the upcoming Premier League season and dishing out our predictions for the 2020-2021 season and how we think it'll pan out. In the first episode, we discuss our top 8 predictions, concluding with a quick preview of the upcoming FPL season and our potential must-haves in every team. So all you Arsenal United fans out there can breathe a quick sigh of relief as we'll be going easy on you. Well, at least for this week. Thank you for tuning in and we hope you enjoy listening. Let's get straight into it and discuss our favorite prediction for the forthcoming season. So the big question obviously is, is it going to be City or Liverpool? And obviously I have a bias here, but I'm going to go out on a hunch and go with City for this one. And why do you think so? Just because they lost last season and I don't think Pep's going to take that lightly. They finished with the domestic trophy, nothing else. And I think they're going to go in harm this season, but let's see. Personally, also, I don't think uh, going to be top two. I think Liverpool's going to be third or fourth. That's bold, no, but that's really bold. But if you've seen if you've seen the way we performed last three four seasons, even the season we came fourth and ended up in the Champions League final, we played really well. And I don't see us dipping in our form from there. So for me, it's top two for sure. But I can't say that we're going to win it again. I really can't, even though I really want to. But I just can't get myself. I I agree with you because uh, City has also made better signings with Santo window. I mean, they've literally gone and you know made the squad much better than it was last season. They already, I think for me, City has a better squad than Liverpool even last season. But this season, they've mm-hmm. gone on to bring in replacements for the players that lost Sane. They lost Sane. They got a out-and-out replacement. But, but, but you have to look at the players and, they lost. They've lost David Silva. And they've uh, brought in Torres. And they've brought in Nathan Ake. They're obviously good players, but like, they still lost two really good players. They lost Sane too. See, I don't see, I don't see, I don't see Nathan Ake as a good enough centre back partner for mm-hmm. Laporte for a team that that could actually okay, challenge so that's, Liverpool. That's, that's the funny bit because I've heard he wants to play Ake left back, and I really don't know how that's going to work. Yeah, that's that's that's. I mean, depends unless, what unless unless he's planning to go five at the back for some reason. Yeah. See for well, me I don't personally, think he can go five at the back because yeah, three back centre backs, two back centre backs, and one Laporte. Otamendi is leaving though. Yeah, but he doesn't have enough centre backs to go five at the back. They have yeah. Fernandinho, they have um, Ake now, they have Laporte, they have. And they might get Koulibaly uh, also. That's what I thought. Yeah, if if Man City sign Koulibaly, then then I would then I would. Say they have a, they have a real shot at at taking the crown from Liverpool. But in my opinion, Liverpool are still the strongest side. And if they were to get in mm-hmm. a player like like uh, Thiago, Thiago from Bayern, that really really changes the game because the way that midfield links up with that attack in that case, I don't think Man City can be consistent enough to 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 challenge for them. Like I. Over the past season and even in the Champions League, I just I wasn't convinced with their consistency. Mm-hmm. And unless unless they sign a sign a marquee player like Koulibaly, I don't see them 
really pushing Liverpool to the limit. So for me personally, I still have Liverpool winning it again. Just purely, I think, because of the the way they won it last season and barring the the uh, COVID and the lockdown and 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 the three months of no football, I really do think that Liverpool would have would have won by a bigger margin. The only reason I'm apprehensive about it is because the last time I remember us playing well was against Crystal Palace. And that was like, I'd say, a month and a half ago. And since then, I've seen our games, but we haven't been convincing, even though we've got the results. Some games we haven't, obviously. But uh, let's see. Klopp's got a full preseason with them, two, three weeks. And hopefully, we can carry on. But it also does depend on how, how the rest of the transfer transfer window window pans out. Moving away from City and Liverpool, let's talk about Chelsea because obviously they've been the talk of the transfer season with obviously six, I think five or six brilliant signings in terms of Timo Werner, Kai Havertz, Thiago Silva, Hakim Ziyech. So what do we make? Because there are two huge contrary sort of arguments sort of going around where... A, people are saying they're, they're going to be a world-class side because of their signings. But also, the contrary argument is that uh, team chemistry is going to be a huge question mark. So, what do you guys feel? How is Chelsea going to fare? And whether they're going to make top four or even make probably top two contenders? I feel uh, Chelsea is making great strides in the, in the transfer window. But the, uh, the gap between the quality between Chelsea and uh, the two teams above them, Liverpool City, is still a bit too much for them to eclipse that in one season. Do you get what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So I'm saying so, and even though they sent Thiago Silva, who's what 36 years old in September, they I think their defense is still not uh, that great that they can you know win the championship. Or uh, even and Havertz, I I agree Havertz one one of the greatest wonder wonder kids this year. And for 72 million, will he you know he's never played in the Premier League. And he's still, what, 19, 20 years old. So, will he, will he able to justify that price tag? I mean, I don't know. I don't think he can in one season. In, my, yeah, opinion, like, in my opinion, I think for Chelsea, it may be too much too fast. Because their, their entire, their entire, basically their entire attacking lineup is going to change due to the immense quality they've brought in. And while that's true, that... This definitely is starting to look like a title-challenging side. I just don't see them challenging for the title in the next year. I think once this team starts gelling and this, you know, they start adjusting to the Premier League, especially the likes of Havertz, Werner, um, uh, um, Saar, who they've brought in, once they adjust to the league, definitely I see Chelsea going back to where they were a couple of seasons back. At the moment for this season, I don't really have them breaking into that top two of of Liverpool and Manchester City. But but that being said, last season, I didn't have them finishing in the top four uh, in what I would have predicted as my table. So, I mean, they, they could still surprise us. Hmm. So, building on what you said, I think the really good signings, obviously, everyone knows that. But I don't know if you're going to see the results this season. I think we're going to have to wait for a bit. Bro, okay, so next. another 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 thing I came across was that a lot of the signings that Lampard's made, like I think for Ziyech and Havertz, so I had a look at the heat maps 
and they play in the exact same position so i don't know how that's going to work out just yet are they going to start together are they going to rotate so i'm not sure about how that's going to work out but i think lampard's got a plan in his head that's sure. what i that's what i'm that's what i mean by too much too fast i mean mm-hmm. this preseason this preseason has been exceptionally short mm-hmm. um chelsea played in the fa cup yeah zeek and uh, warner have been there from before but chelsea did play in the fa cup final on the 1st of 1st of uh, august if i'm not wrong um and I don't think they've had enough time to settle in like you've seen Ziyech has picked up a knock I think Werner had picked up a knock so I I don't really see how they settle in fast enough to actually catch up to the momentum and the pace that Man City and Liverpool have set over the last two seasons and um, you know, what happens to what uh, what you uh, uh, said a hand uh, like Obviously, I think Lampard knows that this year they aren't. They don't. They don't want to tank the title. So that's what he's done. He's got quality young players. See, instead of instead of buying players in the late twenties, he's bought players in who are twenty three years old, twenty four years old, twenty two, twenty one years old. So they haven't reached their peak yet. So what he's planning is he's planning he's planning on grooming these players in, in into the team. So he knows he he isn't winning the Premier League this season. He knows that. He he wants he wants to build a team for the future and he's been doing that really really well. So like right. I said, this season I don't see them challenging, but maybe in a couple of seasons they they show they look like a sure shot challengers today. See what I think Lampard's done is he's capitalized on the market. You're not gonna get Werner for 15 million in any other transfer window. So I think he's just gone out and got whoever he can because Chelsea could afford to while the other teams couldn't like Liverpool for Werner. And I think it's a smart move, but We're gonna have to wait to see the results. <clears throat> right. So moving on, let's let's move on to Spurs because obviously Rahan and I are huge Spurs fans. So let's start with you, Rahan. What do you think? Where will Spurs land up? What do you think of their striker situation? What do you think of the signings, Doherty, Hoiberg? Where do you think they'll? How do you think they'll fare this season? So I'm I'm. Cautiously optimistic. After last season, I'm cautiously optimistic because, I mean, early on when I started supporting Spurs, I was used to used to a season like the one we had last season. But you know, over the past four or five years under Poch, we were flying high, Champions League every season. So for next season, I'm cautiously optimistic for a couple of reasons. One is that it's Mourinho's first full season in charge. and he's he's going into it with a fresh squad no injuries um no long absences hopefully uh and with smart signings signing of doherty for 13 million hoiberg for basically 3 million after walker peters kyle walker peters went the other way joe hart to bring in that experience the the change in mentality of the signing what i feel this season is that they've been brought into better this squad more than like earlier what we used to do is bring in a player that had massive potential that we could possibly sell for double or triple the price um later on so i think what he's brought in is obviously a change in mentality but also why i'm cautious in my optimism is because we do lack to a certain extent 
in squad depth um and this is really we're really going to be tested because we've got i think about 8 to 10 games within the first month and a half of the season i think we play on 12th 17th um 20th 22nd 24th 27th if i'm not wrong and with the lack of a second striker at the moment we we played two days from now and we don't have a second striker it's really going to be tough so i mean unless by the end of this month we bring in another striker maybe a maybe a center back and maybe if a, if any surprise deal comes up i think the squad does need a little bit of more depth but but i'm cautiously optimistic in my opinion i think i think we could push for a top four and we'll finish fourth under bolenia Uh, what what I feel about Spurs is yeah they've made good signings they signed Doherty which I which like I said is a wonderful signing but I feel they have a they have a really really tough competition with top four considering how Manchester United played towards the end of the season the team United really started to gel together and I think in my opinion I think as it stands right now even with Doherty's support I think United is a better team than Spurs at least a better playing eleven and if 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 they if they can sign Regulon and if they can sign Sancho if I think they should have an upper hand over Spurs in the top position. See, I disagree. I I don't think um, I don't just, think. Yeah, go on, Deep. No, I was just uh, sort of adding to what both of you said. Uh, and yeah, as Rai you had said, I think where we are majorly, majorly going to lack is a forward and. uh the back line i'm not too sure about because obviously we've brought in doherty but if we look at serge aurier and we like our left back is a bit i mean i don't know whether he's going to play rose or or play so and even our center backs although we do have dyer and uh, alderweireld they i mean dyer is just coming into the position so i think our back line is still a bit shaky in terms of um us uh, in seeing it from last season see i think and in talking about our forward line i'm not too sure because there's been loads of talks about kane in terms of if we don't secure top four position whether he'll stay for next season onwards so that's surely going to be playing on mourinho's mind as well so a lot of things to consider but overall i think as rai rightly said and ari it's going to be a tough fight for a top four position but i think we're in contention see i think i mean about our backline the 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 thing is that mourinho's new system the one he had tried i think it had worked best while davies was still on in the game against west ham with the inverted uh, left back and the right back pushing up very high i think that that may really work out with doherty and davies on the left i think i'm not even sure if serge olio is going to stay if he does i think he's he's not bad as a backup to play in the europa league um i like the look of dyer after the restart and alderweireld's been a rock for many years and if he can regain his form that'll be great i think rose unlike his um, he's not going to get the milan move he wanted uh, from the documentary but i think he is going to head to italy um and even if he doesn't i don't think he gets a look into the squad especially because of his altercations with mourinho Look, so for me, for Tottenham, Hoiberg, good signing. Doherty, good signing. Bergwijn last season, again, good signing. But are these good enough signings to break into the top four? That's what I'm not sure about because 
you have to look at the competition right is relative to the other teams you have liverpool up there you have city up there and those two teams are not moving out the top for any time soon then you have chelsea who just gone in and bought every world class every world class player in the world right now and then you have united so i think it's going to take a while for tottenham but because you guys have mourinho in there in the dugout you have a reason to be optimistic especially with the second season because yeah, that's what he links to the team you see i mean just just a final point on this before we move on to united you see for for me as a spurs fan it's not just the signings um just the signings i mean that's okay we've brought in doherty we've brought in hoiberg those are two holes we needed to fill man to man i think we have a better squad than than man united with the players we already have mm, i i think that, i disagree there yeah, i think i disagree same. there because I, even i even if I you look at the if you look at the players united have and you look at the performances they put in especially after lockdown yeah after after yeah it's going to be hard to compete with that i think i think it'll be a toss up between between united and and spurs for that fourth place i mean depend this obviously depends also on how well chelsea's players settle in and if they if they're firing from the off i think they'll secure third but but i think mm-hmm. those three teams will be in contention look man to man i would say united have a better team but tottenham have the x factor which is jose mourinho in that dugout and i think he's going to bring a world of difference and i'm predicting a fifth place for tottenham next season right yeah. okay same even as they tottenham will finish fifth for one reason because if harry kane gets injured which yeah, he's exactly. getting a yeah. lot these yeah. days last yeah. so season think, after last season he got injured right. and my prediction is also so heavily, heavily my prediction is heavily dependent yeah. on on us bringing in that backup striker because if kane gets injured then you know we're going to be stuck like we were last season drawing nil all to watford not scoring for like two three games in a row okay but you know what i'm going to go out on a limb and say that you guys are going to bag a trophy for sure and i think it's going to be the fa cup for some reason yeah i think i think as well i think you know that that obviously today we're discussing the premier league and when we when we do get into the meatier bit of the season and we discussing possibly the europa league and the fa cup and the domestic trophies we'll come to that but i do think that the mentality that mourinho brings and the type of players he's bringing in are going to that's going to mean we're going to push for cups like the carabao cup and the europa league that we weren't doing under under pochettino anyway so um moving on from spurs I think um the next one we should have discuss is Manchester United yeah United 100%. 100%. Well, talk about Manchester United. Cool so moving on to United. Uh I think that only signing has been um Donny van der Beek from Ajax. So what do you guys make of it? Do you think top 4 or I personally feel I don't know I personally feel they're not going to make top 4 because a they had I'm going to be a little edgy when I say this but they had they had a very lucky season last year in terms of VAR in terms of decisions obviously loads of penalties so I think they they will obviously be in top four contention but they'll probably finish either fifth fifth or sixth what do you guys feel 
I I Look, tend to agree uh, with you because because you see not just the refereeing decisions etc I think United have a have a track record of of uh, having having the referees on their side for many many years but but um I just I've never really been convinced by Ole especially especially at the at this level I don't think he can really hack it and my point is based off the fact that he finished with 66 points last season and with a fully firing fully firing premier league um field i don't think i don't think 66 points or thereabouts cut uh, cuts it for the top 4 that's why i'm backing united to come 5th or 6th um i'll i disagree, i disagree with both of you because uh, like i said i think united have a great team they're starting level now i know uh, i've been talking about manchester united fans these days and i know that the only problem they have with the team is they don't have a lot of for them which which is i think which is which is which is the same situation for clubs like tottenham and clubs like arsenal none of these, sorry none of don't have a lot of for them yes yeah, okay and considering frozen was we going to play europa league and united are going to play champions league but i see i what i see as a differentiating factor in this is that spurs will want to win the europa league right so they'll be they'll be dividing they'll be dividing uh, the their resources in a way that they can be competing for a top four and the europa league right because europa league for spurs is a, it, it can can be achieved right but united know that they aren't winning the champions league they know that for a fact so most of their attention is going to go for the top four position true and so if, me, if they, and if they can get and and if they can get a couple of more players sorry just decide yeah you will continue yeah so for me for fourth place it's going to be a toss up between united and tottenham um so they have a good squad okay i'm not going to admitting that they have a good squad is is a rare thing right they have bruno who put in a few good performances but he was also new signing So let's see how he carries that into the new season. They've signed Donny Van de Beek, but right now I don't know where he fits into the team because he plays behind the striker. He played behind the striker for Ajax and Bruno has that role currently in the team. Then they obviously have Greenwood and Rashford and Martial who did really well last season I'd say. But I think United for some reason they lack the mentality to actually challenge the top 2. Um, so it's between them and Tottenham for top four, but let's see how it goes. And continuing from you once said about Bruno, what I like about this United team is Rashford, Martial, Greenwood, and Bruno. All four of them gel excellent together. Like all four of them playing together is is, is a good side to watch on a football field. Yeah, it was it was a good Martial attack. Exactly. And so now if, if they can add Sancho to that. If they I'm can add Sancho to that attack, it's only going to get better. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go out on a limb and go the opposite way from what you guys are saying, and I'm gonna say that Ole is gonna be one of the first three of three or four managers if we get to that number uh, sacked this season. So I'm really like I've never really been convinced by him, and I think I don't think he will. do a good enough job to warrant um warrant the united job for much longer 
look the problem when you get a ex player or a ex someone who's associated with the club is when you have to sack him it's just that much harder so i believe they're going to let ole have a full season i definitely don't think they're going to sack him mid season but if they don't finish in the top 5 yeah he's going to go right so i think we we all in agreement about both spurs and united that they are going to be fourth or fifth either one yeah yeah fourth or sixth yeah so guys moving on to arsenal they've had multiple summer signings in the likes of william or uh, danny sabayos pablo mari so how do you think arsenal's going to fare and where do you think they're going to uh, finish the season on under mikel arteta so obviously after the season stopped and they started they played some good football and they can be no denying that right um they beat city they beat liverpool they got a trophy in the bag so you think they'd carry on their form next season and with the signings they've made if i was a arsenal fan i would be optimistic but if they can get party they can get our then i think we can put them into the bracket with uh united and tottenham for a top four position maybe i disagree i completely disagree with you i don't think i don't think arsenal is ready to enter the conversation where united and tottenham and even for that matter uh wolves um are at the moment i think arsenal are possibly building a good project on the arteta but but um i don't think at the moment they they're going to be challenging for the top 4 but if you uh, look at the brand I, of football they played once arteta joined it's it's miles apart from what they were doing under emery yeah but i mean i, I think i no are you talk bro so i think i i I'll, I'll, uh, I agree with you in completely because they played amazing football against Liverpool in the Community Shield and they played amazing football against Chelsea in the FA Cup final. Aubameyang is on top of his form. He just signed a three-year deal. He's, 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 he's high on you know that adrenaline you know, to perform well for Arsenal. They've made excellent signings. They've, they've gone and improved their already good attack. They've, they've added billion to it. They already have Pepe, they have Aubameyang, they have Lacazette, they have Gabriel Martinelli, don't forget him. And now they have Brilliant in their attack. and they've made good defensive signings they've had they, they've gotten gabriel from there and uh, they've they've made they've got pablo mari and they've also got dani sebayos uh, sebayos now from real madrid so i think arsenal as a unit look good on paper and we've seen what they're doing on the field too so i won't do it arsenal just get them before the season starts because i think in terms of quality and in terms of football they are playing they're up there with teams like Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, um but you think with the new signings they have coming in and the new signings that could come in by the end of the transfer season you think they could compete with the likes of say United and maybe Tottenham for a top four position? Uh see I would go on and, and you know say something really really bold right now and I'm going to say if they can get Partey or if they can get Awa one of them I think they'll have a really good midfield because I saw Switzerland game, Switzerland game a couple of days ago, and Granit Xhaka was absolutely magnificent. 
in that game. And don't forget. Yeah, and don't forget, they've just uh, penned down Aubameyang for three more seasons. Yeah, so that's a big, big factor because they've got their best player locked, locked, locked in the team, and he's the captain, and playing very, very well. So I'm, so I'm not saying that they have, they are going to surely, surely going to, you know, be better than Tottenham or United. All I'm saying is you cannot count Arsenal out because of the way they've been playing with Mikel Arteta. They've just gone from a two on ten to a seven to eight on ten, according to me. Um, personally, I. Personally, I, I I get I I see where you guys are coming from, but I really don't see them as a top four team. Yeah. Probably a bit of personal bias as well. But even if you just look solely at the team, their defense is extremely shaky. And <clears throat> fair enough, they did they did have a good latter end to their season last season, where they beat whoever City and the I think United was it. So they they did have they did have a decent end to their season, but coming into the new season, seeing the other teams in comparison to the other teams, rather than seeing Arsenal on their own, I don't think they're going to be in top four contention, and I personally think they're going to be either seventh or eighth. Yeah, I have them eighth. That's bold. I have them behind, and you know, I have them behind Wolves and Everton. I mean, mm, I would say that's bold. It may be bold, but, but, but Everton has a better ball they play. Yeah, but and the sign is that they're getting him. I don't so think they're going to go backwards for sure. They, I don't think they're going to go forwards either. That's what I'm saying. They finished eighth last. This is also Arteta's. This is also Arteta's first full season as a full-time manager. Yeah, exactly. So and what we're also and what and what we're also forgetting is this year they have a much better defense because you know last year Kieran Tierney did not play many games because of his injury, but now he's completely fit and you could you can see in the games he's right there as one of the best left backs in the Premier League. And you and if they can if they can convince Maitland Niles not to leave, I think Maitland Niles had an amazing game against Liverpool, and if he can do that week in week out, him and Tierney, I think they are good. They're a good pair of fullbacks. Okay, I think what do you guys have in store for Nicolas Pepe? Like, when he came in last season, I had really high expectations from him because he's an 80 million signing. But I think he's going to improve this season. Uh, can't really say, but let's see. Um, I no. think he will because because when he was when he came in, Arsenal was was in a bad bad place. Throughout most of that season, is under Emery, the entire squad was underperforming. So I wouldn't. So I wouldn't blame it on Pepe entirely. So I think this season we might see what he was doing in Liga two years ago. Cool. So just continuing the discussion of mid-table clubs, I'm gonna uh, move on to Everton because obviously there's been loads of talk about Everton and with their new signings, especially um, James Rodriguez, Rodriguez, sorry, and Dekure uh, Enkunku from Marseille. So I I personally feel that Everton's going to have a much much better season in comparison to last year and even the year before that under Ancelotti and probably I would personally say they'd be they'd come top 6. So what do you guys think how will Everton do especially looking at their new signings? I think I, I think, think Everton have No, I think I think you see we we we've spoken about Arteta uh, giving, I mean, uh, being in his first full season, we've spoken on about Mourinho's second season and first full season in charge at Spurs. 
But I mean, here uh, here's Everton with a manager who's won the Champions League thrice, who's won the Premier League, who's won the La Liga. He's basically won it all. And he's one of the most experienced and still, I would say, one of the best managers around. And he's managed to bring in a midfield that looks formidable. I mean, Dukure has been performing for Watford for the past three seasons, week in, week out. Allen is massively underrated and he's been a midfielder who's been under the radar at Napoli. Ames Rodriguez, obviously um, fantastic at the World Cup last last at the last last World Cup, had a couple of good seasons for Madrid and been sort of in and out of the team, but that's not necessarily due to his playing ability, but due to the problems he has with the manager. So, I mean, they've got a fantastic midfield. They've got Richarlison, they've got Calvert-Lewin, they've got Moise Keane, who you can't write off. Um, and they've, they've got experience in Theo Walcott. They've got Lucas Dean at left-back. They've got England's number one, Jordan Pickford. So, they've got a good team to build off. So I, I I definitely agree that they could definitely definitely be pushing for the top six. Finally, so what I want to see, so what I want to see with Everton is how they actually set up their team because now they have four to five good midfielders that can play, that can slot in right to the starting eleven. They have wide players in Iwobi. The Charleston can play out wide, and obviously they can play uh, two up front with Richarlison and Calvert Lewin. So I'm excited I, to see how they set up their team. I would I would think a four two three one is best with Dukure, Allen, Hamas in front of them, Richarlison on one flank, uh, Iwobi on one flank, and uh, Calvert Lewin up front. I think he's gonna go with a slightly unconventional formation and he's gonna maybe start for one two one two as I discussed with Ariman earlier. And he can tell you more about it probably. Uh, what I feel is, I think Everton always look good on paper. Even last season, they had they had good players on paper. But I think this season, the X factor is going to be the manager that they have, Carlo Ancelotti, and Ryan explained pretty well. But I still think, uh, you know, what what Everton have done is they've completely brought a new midfield into play. They've got three players, out of which two have never played in the Premier League. Hamez has been out of touch because he hasn't been playing for Madrid much. He has he didn't play much last season. He didn't play much last last season. So uh, I I think Everton look look good on paper, but uh, speaking how they play on the field, I think saying top they won't finish top six for sure. But I think they they might give the top three run for their money. But I still play I'll place them around the seven eighth or a ninth. Cool. Right. So, uh, moving on to Wolves, I think, are we, does anyone else any want to add anything to Everton? No, cool. I don't. I, I think we can um, move on to Wolves. Cool. So, moving on to Wolves, um, I think they have made a couple of signings, but no sort of impact signings. So, we're basically looking at the pretty much the same team from last year. And even last year, personally, to me, they had they had quite quite an impactful team who were perhaps perhaps fell fell short in a couple of games or in a couple of, in not not a couple of games but quite a few games but uh, i don't know i personally feel that wolves is along with everton will give the top 6 a solid fight especially in with the likes of um obviously uh, traore and jimenez 
and so on. So, yeah, I, I feel that they will they will give the top six a run for their money. I think Wolves have have brought in a fantastic uh, backup striker for Jimenez in Fabio Port uh, in um, Fabio Silva. Fabio Silva. Yeah, from Porto, he's he's a really really hot prospect. Um, apart from that, I would still like to see Wolves um, replace Doherty at right back now that he's he's come to Spurs. Um, but otherwise, I think it's now a team that has, for the past two seasons, been consistent in the league. They've now got Premier League experience, uh, Europe sorry Europa League experience. Um, so. I mean, I if I was Wolfsburg, I would be optimistic about this season. I I see them definitely finishing inside the top eight, um, and pushing possibly be, being like Leicester from last season, and pushing um, possibly even pushing the top four. But that's if that's if they get a good string of results and and they really really push hard. To add to that, I think what Wolves have, why Wolves have an advantage over teams like Leicester is that they are not playing in Europe. Their only focus is going to the Premier League. So they could put all their resources, all their focus on one competition, and they seem to be a better team than Leicester. So I think they can finish above Leicester, and like I said, the sixth and seventh seems like a reality. So what I feel about Wolves is that they obviously have a good team last two seasons, performing above the expectations. I would see. Um, but they play a particular brand of football right and if teams can adopt to that brand of football i think they'll be able to find a way to stop them and they might not do as well as last season with the new premier league season the new fantasy premier league season is starting too and a lot of us play the fantasy premier league and a lot of people from fantasy premier league it's grown a lot so i think we should discuss about that uh so you know, talking about SPL, uh, let's look at the players which are must-have in the, in our SPL squad. So I would like if I had to pick one player which I had to buy, I think that would be Trent Alexander-Arnold. He's priced at 7.5 million, and he is as good as a midfielder. So so you so you're getting a midfielder for 7.5. Just imagine that he he scores goals. He will keep clean sheets at Anfield because he has scored one time, arguably the best defender in the world right now. He has Virgil Van Dijk alongside him, and he he is he's on set piece duty. So I think Trent as an Trent Alexander Arnold for me is a must have in an FPL squad at seven point five. He is a great value. Trent obviously is someone that I feel that everyone's gonna have on the team because he comes at seven point five. You can easily predict and safely say that he's gonna get ten assists from the back. Plus with Liverpool being the team that they are, they're going to get a lot of clean sheets. So even if he doesn't put in a great attacking performance, you know he can back you the six points. So I think he's going to be the first name down on anyone's team. I think for me, for me in my team, especially after the end of last season, I the first player. I mean, for me, for a couple of years, the first player I've always looked at is. Is Kane not just because of a bias, but whenever he's on the field for me, he's always performing. But um, apart from him, another big buy I look at is uh, Kevin De Bruyne, uh, who's just—I mean, like you spoke about uh, Trent's assists. KDB is—I I would say—the uh, next level um, 
so for for me he's a must have um and i usually try and build my defense around fullbacks uh and not to give too much away because uh, the the four of us are usually in intense competition so that's those are my thoughts you know you mentioned kane but i would say if you want to do well trust me and go for abameyang because what fpl have done this year is that they've listed him as a midfielder and you know he's going to bang in the goals also has a easy run of fixtures in the beginning so good captain choice for now yeah but i'm i'm not a i'm not a traitor i i have i have very strict i have a very strict no arsenal players <laughs> So go for it, boys. Okay, choose deep. Go for. So this year, if you're making FPL teams, I would advise to go heavy on the midfield because a lot of forwards have been rebranded as midfielders, and maybe don't invest so much into your defense. Yeah, just adding a bit on to what uh, everyone has said. I think Ari correctly, rightly pointed out uh, TA uh, must have in your team. Looking at last year, especially the number of assists as a defender. and obviously the way fpl works is that you get more points <laughs> sorry a defender gets more points if he uh, scores a goal or assists and uh, kevin de bruyne as rai pointed out i think another must have in your team should be uh, bruno fernandes especially because uh, he's on set piece duty for united and looking at their luck if it follows through this year as well I think he's going to be uh, netting a lot of goals. So I think those are. I think we've covered mainly the must-haves. And talking a bit about my team this year, it's I've experimented with a few new players. Obviously, not going to let much out because there is competition amongst the four of us as well. But uh, I think it's going to be an interesting season in both in terms of football and in terms of FPL. Uh, talking about my team, you know, uh, I know I've been I've been saying I've been selling Trent Alexander-Arnold to everyone who's been asking me asking me about FPL tips. But to be honest, I don't have TAA in my team because the only reason being because uh, since the beginning, since I started playing this game in 2011, I've always followed one policy that is not to invest heavily in defense. Like you even rightly said, because midfielders and strikers are more prone to get you more points. So. in my team my most expensive defender is 5 million my entire defense is 4 or 4.5 so what what i would suggest for anyone watching this is if you if you want to invest in defenders buy defenders that are cheap and who who you know are going to play week in week out so that two points for sure and if they get a clean sheet that's four more extra points you get six points for sure from a 4.5 million defender and what i've done is i've got i've gone heavy in my attack i've got in harry kane Who I've always had in my team since the beginning because when Harry Kane is fit, he's scoring 25 plus goals in the league, and when he's not fit, he's still scoring 18 goals. Like last season, he was unfit for about two three months and he still scored 18 goals. So I think Harry Kane is one of the best strikers FPL has to offer, and I think for me, he's a must-have in my team because I don't invest heavily in defense. If you guys want a cheap option in your forward line, I would tell you to look at Mitrovic. I think he can be the Timu Puki of last season. He might not perform throughout the season, but I'm betting on him to uh, get a few goals in the beginning and then maybe drop off after that. I think always, always a good place to look at at the beginning of every season when you're looking at a cheap 
a cheaper alternatives is uh, like you once said the top end of the scoring charts uh, of the championship for the promo- uh, for the promoted teams so like timu puki last season um this season mitrovic um should bring the goods he's in my team currently um and he had performed you know when he was at newcastle and when he was earlier in the prem he had performed but the big dilemma that i'm going through at the moment is the dilemma of having manchester i've currently got two manchester uh, city players in my lineup in de bruyne and mares but i'm not sure whether i should have them in and uh, what way what i should, how i should go about the city players because they don't have a, a fixture in game week 1 um since we're discussing um new players to fpl i just want to know your guys or the three of your thoughts on timo werner because he's been a huge sort of question mark on fpl like for everyone starting the new fpl season of whether to take him or not because he's relatively cheap and he has a phenomenal record of bagging in goals so what would you guys sort of advise to take timo werner or advise against and why would you all say that because i personally feel he's he'll be a great asset to an fpl team this season look for me i think he's going to get 20 goals this season to be very honest but i'm predicting he's going to have a slow start so it's probably not the best time to get him in but maybe watch him for a few weeks and then see how it goes the uh, uh, what what i what, what i would tell you is see i have werner in my team for now because i've gone with kane who's 10.5 and i've gone with bono who's 9.5 and for my third forward i've gone with someone who's for 6 million and he's he's a very old player in my opinion i've gone for shay adams because he plays for southampton in a two 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 man strike with danny ings and if it's, and he he's in insane form after the restart he's he's scored four goals in six games and he scored against big teams like man city too so if he can continue that continue that form i think shea adams is going to be a great value at 6 billion considering southampton are going to be performing better than teams like fulham of course so i think mitrovic though he's proven i think shea adams for me is a better choice because that that's why i have it i have in my team and uh, one more player that i would that i'm a big fan of is uh, dallas from leeds united uh he's he's a defender in fpl but he's often played in the midfield for leeds last last season in the championship and he's only priced at 4.5 so i think if you're looking at cheap budget buys in your defensive way i think dallas should be the first name on your team sheet because he 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 might play in the midfield some games and you know he might get you extra points some something like john uh, lunstrand was to sheffield united last year but not that much but he might he might still play a few games in the midfield that's what i'm that's not hoping him to do So he, he, I have Dallas in my team, and I've also gone with James Rodriguez. Well, one reason being because it's my policy to put in Madrid players as soon as they come in the in the Premier League. So, so I'm hoping James James has a good season for Everton because, and if he's not having a good season, I might uh, experiment with some Manchester United players. And even if Werner's not having a good season, uh, I have a I have a very little, you know. I'm very patient when it comes to big price players. So if Werner blanks for two to three game weeks, he's out of my team, and I'll replace him with Rashford in midfield because Rashford in midfield, I think, is a really, really good pick. So moving away from our personal fantasy teams and our advice 
on our fantasy tips. We will be starting a fantasy league as well for the forthcoming season. And we encourage all of you to join it because uh, it's it's immensely fun and the winner will get a team jersey of their choice. So best of luck to everyone and we hope to see you on the league. Right, so that's it for the first episode. Thank you for listening and do stay tuned for the next episode coming out next week.